All right, here we are, back for the second episode. Um, it's been a couple weeks, but we're going to post again. We changed the uh, podcast from Teacher Trash Talk to Back Patio Podcast, thanks to Tech. Great name to change, Tech. Um, so we have a couple guests this week, uh, but again with me we have Tech. We have Edsky. Nothing to, say, nothing to say, Edsky. Oh, I forgot they can't see me. I was waving. Oh, yeah. Hello. Edsky is an official Edsky uh, this week, so congratulations, Edsky. Thank you. And um, we do have some other visitors that might pop in here. Wrangler? Uh, yeah, the Wrangle. The Wrangle, we'll call him. Uh, all right, so this week, I, I feel like um, we'll kick off with some of the topics we were going to talk about. Edsky, you, want, you had a subject that you were very passionate about earlier, so... What? I believe it was about teachers. It was about teacher certification. Cer- teacher certification. That's or in some is. states, we can start there. The lack thereof. So the idea of um, how long is a long-term sub before a long-term sub needs to be certified, or in situations where you have teachers out for a long time and you have someone taking over the class for an extended period of time that they may qualify as a sub, but they might not know the content area as to what they're teaching and the disadvantage that that may pose for students. And so is it, it's different in every state, right? It is. Okay. So some states require you know, to be certified even beyond a bachelor's degree, you need a master's. For some states, even to be a substitute teacher, the qualifications are different. Some might say you need at least 90 college credits Others might be less. Others might say you had to have a bachelor's degree in something in order to teach. Do you think so this should depends. be something that's like a federal thing where it's like... I don't know about that. The same across every state. I don't, state know about that. I don't think it'll happen. Kind of jumping off of what Edsky said, I had one district that the substitutes had to have master's degrees to be even able to substitute. And this is a district within a state? This, so was yeah, it was a, a district, district rule or a it state was a rule? district it was up north so it was a township district mm-hmm. which is a little different from the south and I, you know i don't think people are very familiar with that and i don't want to get into semantics of how districts are organized but i don't think americans really know how their schools are organized whatsoever you know like i think you you get a letter when your kid's like four or five and you're like oh my kid's got to go to kindergarten and then you send your kid off to whatever school you know some some Parents that went to private schools end up sending their kids to that private school. Some of them send them to charter schools now, but that's a new fad. Uh, religious schools. Uh, I know that Edsky went to a religious school, right? I did. And tech. I think there's and a few tech, others right? there, maybe. Wrangler. And Wrangler. There it wow. Is. We got a lot of, a lot of religion oh, going on. Hallelujah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so... <laughs> It's different in every every scenario, I think. And up north, I it's it's much, much uh, more difficult to get yourself a certification. You can't just have a bachelor's degree. You got to do either a pro year, or you got to have a master's uh, or an MAT, what they call them, masters in the art of teaching, to be able to get that certification and and even take the tests to be able to do so. Well, it's not even the education or the certification test. There's requirements. To student teach, to actually be in a school, run a classroom like a unpaid intern, and then 
that comes with also passing the certification test yeah. at the same time. That's that's crazy that some people hop right into classrooms without that unpaid. It's like a rite of passage. You spend six months poor, paying tuition, and working for nothing. So you're in, in a classroom. Some people are in three different ones. I think elementary education, you got to do three different grade levels. So you teach kindergarten for four weeks or five weeks. Then you go to a third grade classroom. Then you go into a fifth grade classroom because you have to get the diversity of all of the grades because you never know where you're going to end up. Well, what gets me too is even before that, like I had observation hours. So as a entry-level College of Education student, they wanted you just to be in a classroom to How observe many? to make sure that that's something you were actually serious about. I had 84, which is a strange number, but that was I think I had 100. Yeah. And then What's the weirdest thing you saw in a classroom? It was middle school, so like my observation, kids crying on picture day when the pictures came in, and bullying <laughs> each other because of how they looked in the pictures. It, it was in a pretty affluent district, so there wasn't a whole lot happening at that school. That was the biggest drama of the year. Of So-and-so made fun of me because I had glasses on in my school picture. That type stuff. That's how that goes. Though. Yeah, that's how middle schoolers are. This was sixth grade. Yeah, high school's like that too, though. They can be. They yeah. just might use harsher words, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a divide between like elementary and high school have their own little genres. Like, oh, if you're sure. an elementary school teacher or in that place, you're like that caring, nurturing type. Um, and then when you're in high school, that's a whole different story. Middle school's a I don't even, middle school is, is a mystery to me. I, I don't really understand it. I, I substitute taught in a middle school and, and four sixth grade girls came up to me and they all started talking to me, but in unison, it was sort of like kind of, they all look like the shining in front of me. And I was like, I'm never coming back to this school. Again. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. I, I was like, this is crazy. They're like, Mr. G, what? is going on do you know and they were all talking but like and then they then the boys they were just hanging off the ceiling like tra trapeze artists I, I i you know I, I don't think i've visited a sixth grade class since that time so well back to that experience thing so after i did the observation hours at the middle school knowing that i was going into secondary education six <laughs> through twelve i had two weeks of mini student teaching at a middle school and then the next semester, I had two weeks of mini student teaching at a high school. And then from there, I was able to list my preference for the full 15-week semester of student teaching if I preferred middle or high school. And, if you, and for me, it was a no-brainer. I couldn't do middle And if school. you come in as an extended sub, is that what it is? Long-term long sub. Long-term sub. Called, you don't do any of that. You don't have any of that. You just maybe took enough college credits to... And pass the background check to be able to essentially babysit. But, I mean, it's supposed to be to fill in for a teacher and Eventually do their change. plans for the day. I don't think it's meant to, you're there for six months. Because right. then, then that's kind of like... Is you, were this there, you were almost their teacher. Going to be able, especially if there's a test involved, to prepare these students to excel in some type of standardized test or whatnot. So what should it be? Like, what should be the requirements? I feel like our requirements were, were valid. Mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel like you do your four-year degree, and you got to do one additional year with one semester of pedagogy, which is the study of childhood education. 
and one semester of student teaching. And that's like the rite of passage. You've got to be in a school as an intern for at least a semester before you can really get a good grasp. Because if not, and like I said, we're in the big FL. You're not going to say big FL this time? Not this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're in the big FL. So we have teachers that can just get their degrees. Also, emergency certification with an associate's degree. And walk into a classroom. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you have those rare situations where it does. And, and, the, and maybe like charter schools or private schools where they're familiar with the environment. But a lot of times it's not. They, there's people that come down from up north with a bachelor's degree. You know, the big FL is a place to go and just get into a classroom. And it's a wreck. And you're dealing with, you're dealing with people's, people's kids. And they're entrusting you with them. And you're hiring people with degrees in But they nutrition. passed a background check. No one died while they were there. That, I mean, you know, if that's, part the, of that if that's too, the standard we're talking about, then fine. I think there's two things though, to discuss. Because Tech was asking about qualifications. And I think there's a difference between qualifications to be a substitute teacher versus qualifications to be a, a full-time right. teacher. What do you mean substitute as in day-to-day or long-term slash full year? Well, in between the two, then, there needs to be that definition of how long is that long-term substitute yeah, what, teacher what before defines... you need to find a more qualified full-time classroom teacher. Yeah, what defines a, a substitute and then what defines like a, a teacher that's transitioning mm-hmm. from substitute to f- like become the teacher in that class, you know? So like, then maybe they should find substitute teachers that are already qualified as full-time teachers. And if yeah, it gets, but the problem is the teacher shortage. Though, yeah. Too. There's They're no, there's no state job. that doesn't have a teacher shortage at this yeah. point. Cause they don't pay us shit. And we already, we're not going to revisit the disrespected, like, you know, uh, money issue. Cause originally that would be a, a way for a certified classroom teacher to get a job. You start subbing, you hope that school likes you, maybe you're in that classroom subbing for a long period of time, and then you end up getting a job because of it. Which, by the way, just throwing it out there, I'm going to say that substitute teaching is not teaching. I almost gave up on the whole education profession, substitute teaching. It is the worst. But I saw some great videos when I did that. It's the worst fucking experience. (laughs) (laughs) I managed... He didn't say big F. Businesses. He said the big F that time. I managed businesses for so many years, and I, I would rather do some of the shitty jobs I did there than to come into a class with a bunch of hormonal, crazy teenagers, and you have no relationship, no rapport. And they're like, hi, I'm Mr. G. And they're like, fuck you. I forgot we are at a um, parental advisory. Oh, yeah, we're explicit, baby. Okay. We can do whatever there we want yeah. here. Can I ask quick what the qualifications are in the big FL to be a substitute teacher? What do you need? It's uh, funny that I you asked that because I'm going to have to preface maybe. that with the, the wrangle sure. here has has been a, a long-term substitute teacher for a whole year, and he doesn't even know what the goddamn qualifications <laughs> are. So here's where we're but at. But you were salaried like a full-time teacher, though, correct? Were you salaried? I don't know. Was were I you classified a, as a... Yes. Were you salaried, the way, or were, was, were you getting like a daily rate while you were there? We, we do have another guest here. I don't want to throw it out there, but we have Slim Jim Hello, also everyone. in the same, same position. Uh, he didn't want to be recognized before, but at this point, 
Both in the same position. Both the green individuals. Don't want to take that away from them. He's waving at the Canadian listener. I am. We see you. We hear you. Yes. A. You have to say A at the end. A. Oh, we just lost. That's very stereotypical. What the heck was that, Abus? We lost our (laughs) Canadian listener. Um, But anyways, so I have to ask you. What qualifications did you have to walk into a classroom? Either Wrangle or Slim Jim? I had a bachelor's degree in not education. Well, I mean, you can also have bachelor's degrees. Was it in the field? Within the content. Was it in the content area? It was in the field. It was not even in the field. Okay. It was was out of field. So it didn't relate to the subject you were teaching, is what you're saying. It did not relate. Mm -hmm. So you just, you had a college degree. And that's all that so that's in all some states, that might be enough to be a substitute teacher. Was there a, a test, an exam, or anything else? There, no, there was an interview, but there wasn't a test or anything. I had to at, during the. Year, how, I had to, wait, so how, how long did you teach? A year. I taught a year. So you, so you taught a full. Day. I had to apply to start my process for a certification. Did they uh, offer you, a like, a, a temporary certification? I know some states do that almost like No, that. no, he didn't even make it that no, far. Slim, that far. Jim, Slim Jim, did you have to apply already? Cause he yeah, applied. I applied. I got my, I guess they call it a statement of eligibility. Statement of eligibility. And then a few weeks ago, I got some other thing, but I, you know, I figure it's kind it's of It's somewhere next to all the bills on the yeah. kitchen table. And here's the funny, uh, the I don't on. intend on, I don't intend on taking the I test gotta, to become fully, fully certified. I, I, so just putting it on top of the little. I have to backtrack a second yeah. back to Wrangler here. Cause no offense. Cause this probably happens a lot in other schools too. Right. So we have a teacher, we have a teacher. I'm going to put that in quotes, unfortunately. That is has a degree that's not in the field that they're teaching, and now when you think about it from the perspective of a parent, yeah, that's those kids now went through a whole year of learning something from somebody. Well, the schools do have what's called out of area letters, where the letters get sent home to the parents to then basically out the names of the teachers that aren't certified or aligned with what they're teaching. Well, but think, I see what you mean you from think a parent's our, perspective, it may be concerning though. At, at, at the school that he taught at, do you think parents knew that he didn't... The letter. The, the letter went out. The letters, right? Do they have to acknowledge it? Do they sign it? Do they send it back? No. Or is it just, it just goes out there and... And do they even still have letters or is, is this it snail mail or is it email? Is it it's posted on websites for the school? Oh, and so they, it's not even actually sent. Yeah. I don't it used think, to be well, sent to it the used homes. To be sent. Yeah, right. But today it's probably just displayed. I think it's just posted. It's just displayed, and not even Behind on like their staff certification. Yeah. It's or, or like the website that says, "Hey, here's Mister, you know, Rang." Rang. What are we calling you? Rang- Wrangler. Wrangler. It's not a good. Not no, a good thing. I I gave that name just because it sounds like another name. <laughs> <laughs> we use very anonymous yeah, terms. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck up, Edsky. Oh, I forgot. This is a fucking explicit podcast. Yeah, All right. right. Yeah. So, so yeah, but we don't want to make this. Uh, you know, we don't want to get off track. Yeah. So there's nothing on the website that you would find. Without searching explicitly you anywhere, you, you know, any yeah. district, anywhere you go, you really have to search for so those So we teachers. can all agree, though, that that's a problem, right? I mean, that should it's not, a problem that, in the Big FL. That should it's not, a problem that should in not Alabama. It's a problem in Arkansas. It's a problem in a lot of states that don't have strong educational systems. 
And then private schools is a whole nother breed. Yeah, so that's anybody. For instance, my parents were upset because they're paying tuition to send you there. And you have a larger percentage of teachers that are in that situation, but they, I don't think, are mandated to advertise that so-and-so's teaching out of the area because it's a private school. Somebody tried to apply at our school once with a high school degree. I wonder if private schools even have High school to... diploma. And they taught in a Christian school for 20 years, but they lost their position for some reason or whatever. And they wanted to teach the subject that they were teaching in the Christian school. And I'm like, you don't have a degree. <laughs> and they're like, well, I taught for 20 years. And I'm, is experience worth nothing? And I'm like, you don't have a degree. Not even a degree. Uh-huh. In this situation, yeah. My sophomore year of high school is private school. <clears throat> I took physical science. The teacher, every class, would maybe show us something on the board for like five, ten minutes. The rest of the period, the remaining 50 minutes, we'd watch an episode of The X-Files. <laughs> and me being the nerdy kid I was, not anymore, but was, right? As you wear your WrestleMania shirt. Yeah, point of reference. (laughs) I I raise my hand and I say, what does this have to do with physical science? No joke. The teacher goes, CX Files, it's science fiction. It has the word science in it. And this is a school where parents are paying to send their kids to. So, I mean, I don't know how it is with private schools, but I would assume they don't have to even probably post I those non, think those so. non-area things, right? They just pretend because, that everyone's... Because they're doing their own thing. They're funding themselves, right? So A lot of it's their own self-fundraisers. And that's or, what this is all about, is money, right? So, I mean... But they're also receiving, depending on the state, certain voucher systems. Yeah, they're probably getting some... Money. But the but majority of the money is probably mm-hmm. uh, tuition and... Uh, Supplies. Investors, probably. Donations, I guess we'll say, you know. So to go back, so do you only need a bachelor's in the big FL to be a substitute? I don't even think you need that. No, no. you only need to be associate. I, I believe an associate's degree or any additional credits beyond an associate's. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there needs to be a change, at least in Florida. At least in Florida. I mean... Mm-hmm. Or at least throw in something where, as part of, like, you have the credits, right? So you have that associate's degree. But this kind of goes with the argument of, I know how to teach. I was once a student. Dude, wait, so wait. And so the idea is maybe they should also have some kind of, besides maybe an online training video, so many observation hours or so much time actually at a school from a teacher perspective before yeah. they can start so, doing so, that. So here, here, here becomes the problem. You get, a, stu- you get a, a teacher that comes in with a bachelor's degree. You tell them that they're teaching Algebra 1. They never taught Algebra 1. Their degree's in finance, right? They study Algebra 1 again. They go into the books. They're like, bam, 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 bam. They get so into Algebra 1. The first day of class, all they put up there is all the stuff that they learned about Algebra 1. That's not teaching. That's just literally they're regurgitating Algebra 1. And to go with that, I had a math teacher who was hired because they were a retired engineer. So they're an engineer. They must know math. Right. This person was literally, I always think of Bueller, Bueller, Ben Stein, yeah, 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 Ferris yeah. Bueller. So he knew his stuff, but he had no training. He couldn't teach his way out of a brown bag. Right. He just knows how to do it. Exactly. Because he's got it in his brain. And, and it's also an example that could be tied into college. You may be really smart, 
But the presentations, I would even argue, even more important. Right. Make sure that people can grasp that content. So are the districts, do they have to follow this? Or can they, like, do they have, do the districts have to meet, like, this minimum that the state is enforcing? And then they can have, like, we want more. Like, can, in, can our county uh, basically say, we want to do what the state is doing as the minimum. Yeah, any and district can make the. That's what you were referring to. They're a to, local right? educational uh, school board. Yeah, association. So there are LEA. Other, they're, I mean, they're. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. LEA, right? They're 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 able to do whatever they want, but everybody keeps lowering the bar because if you hire the bar, if you bring it up, you're going to have less applicants. You're not sure. going to. They're not paying people enough, so you're not going to. You're not going to get people and. You know, in, in the Big FL here, we at least have... <laughs> I love every time Ed's Big here. FL. Uh, we at least have, like, 20% gaps in in fulfillment of um, positions. So so what happens is they fill them with long-term subs because they can't fill... They can't even fill the qualifications that they have. So upping the bar is not an answer in our state because then you'd have 40, 50, 60% that don't meet your standard. So, you know, you have to keep that low standard or you have to incentivize colleges to put out education majors, which they're not doing anymore because they're not paying enough for you to do that because you can make more in any other profession. If you're going to be a well-qualified calculus teacher, you're going to be a teacher or are you going to go into engineering? Right, Somewhere right, else exactly. that's going to pay more. And the same could be mentioned about science advanced physics advanced chemistry yeah. they call them like medical doctors you probably want right? to yeah i mean you probably want to do if you're in physics you probably want to do something at spacex or exactly or wherever, you don't want to be making forty-five thousand a year as a teacher you do that after you've done your career you know what i mean just to stay like busy a, yeah just to do something fun yeah i i, I kind of i don't know i don't know how i feel about that either like doing that after your career i think and that's a sounds a little disrespectful, like the idea of, well, I can just fall back on teaching. Yeah. And that's part Those of the problem with the do. system. Yeah, do. I was thinking Those who can't too. do, teach, yeah. right? And those that can't teach, teach gym. And those that can't <laughs> teach gym, substitute teach. I really hope a friend we have... <laughs> even Maybe though, the Canadian listener is yeah. a gym teacher. <laughs> I th- it, even though He's we're anonymous, <laughs> I really know that there, there's a friend that we have. If they listen to this, they're going to be very offended. And he well, was I in, fucking apologize. And, and he was in your... You invited him to be in your wedding, and I think he's going to rescind, you know, that, that in... Oh, the well, gym whatever. teacher. I thought you were talking about the Canadian. No. The, <laughs> it's not... It's not this Canadian is getting more airplay than anybody else on this podcast. But, uh, you know, we'll just call him... Uh, Canuck. <laughs> oh, we're still on the gym teacher, not the yes. Canadian. Yeah, we'll, we'll call him Jim. Yeah, oh my God, Jim. We'll call him Jim. I believe it's kinesiology. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that got off track. Anyways, yeah. We, All right, can we can we go in a different area? Do we stick to teaching? Can we? No, we can actually. I, I I wanted to kind of transition this just a little bit and talk about you know we've been talking about certifications. Certifications are big in your area, you know. When we talk about technology, they are. And, they are. You know, and I, we don't have to get into this genre, but you know, in every profession, I feel like 
are certifications necessary? That's the question. That's the question we were asking. That's the general question, right? Because some great teachers, Slim Jim here was a great teacher. Wrangle or Wrangler or whatever the hell your name is, you know, he's all right. But they both did their due diligence not going in and getting certified for that position. Um, but in other realms, especially in technology, can people do the job without the Microsoft certification, without the Cisco certification, without, like, is that as important in your line of work as it is in ours? Um, I mean, it's probably like teaching, right? It is and it isn't, right? There's, there's, there's hands-on experience, just like in teaching, you know, that you have, that you will know, and you will, you will know things that the certifications won't teach you. Um, but the certifications are great at getting your foot in the door, at least. It's kind of like a degree. I've always looked at a, a degree uh, as more of like a commitment. It shows that you're committed to doing something for a long time and you're able to hit deadlines on like projects. Uh, it shows that you can complete something. Um, that speaks, I think, more to me at least than what you learned um, because you will learn whatever you need to learn at your job for your job you know what I mean it's not like so you're saying it's more so like somebody gets certified if they plan on moving up or to be more more marketable for another job yeah the, the, the depend on the job really because yeah there's certain jobs that you'll learn on the job but there's certain jobs that well, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I, I got a, when I graduated, I went and took my CCNA, which is Cisco Certified Network Associate. It meant I can work on networks of up to like 500 nodes or something. It was like a, quite, I can work on like quite large networks, right? Mm -hmm. And it looked good on my resume, but I, nobody ever asked me about it at all. Not once right. in one interview ever. Is that because you didn't need it for that job you were interviewing for? Um, or? No, I mean, I, I interviewed in networking jobs and stuff, and it was nice, but a lot of people want the experience. I mean, most people are going to want the experience, unless you're taking an in entry level or an intern or like, hey, I'm just starting. Um, that stuff looks good. That That's where it supplements the experience. But experience is always going to outweigh. And I used to think when I was younger, when I had the certificate because it does expire um, right. and you have the degree they're like oh you know, i should be able to go work now for cisco and like just do everything that they do you know and right that's not how it is and i'm sure that's how how it is in teaching it's not like you can just graduate from college and then become like an ap teacher at some some great school mm -hmm. and or teach. you might know the material but you don't know the methods to teach it like you've never taught it earlier yeah <laughs> you just you've never taught you need that experience right it's like okay yeah i've put networks together in a perfect environment in a lab where there's no problems you know put it together while it's actually falling apart right <laughs> like when it's literally like the network's literally getting overrun with traffic fix it and that's you know? the experience of having to make quick decisions and right just know how to react to the environment right that's the stuff the certification is not going to do although the certification i took was very intense and it was timed and you had to literally write out the code and everything of what you had to do but it was still i mean it doesn't really mean much once you get to a certain level i mean i'm thinking of like a firefighter this is what you're being told to put out a fire and but you don't have 
the situation and the environment yeah, to go with the it. Training. You need the experience. You've gone through the training. Now you got to go put a fire out. Yeah. Now, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me keep jumping in. Now, there are some <laughs> certifications that are, you know, you know, really intense that are kind of like what you just went through, you mm-hmm. know? So that's all I'm going to say is, you know, it's, it's all depends really on the situation. Do you feel like the game's changed from like, and the reason I ask that is, you know, with my grandfather and my father, the way certifications work and the way like professional life worked, like there were certain steps that you went. There was like, there was a pecking order that happened, you know, my, 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 my father was an engineer, right? And he got his degree, but that didn't. That meant just he was able to be an engineer. And then you get the certain certifications, but it was always like a, a pecking order all the way up. And that came with the pay raises. Now it seems like that staircase has become just like some weird squiggly, you know, craziness. Like some people have are very well qualified in this, but really crappy at this. And the, the job descriptions all the way across the board, whether it be education or technology or anything, they, they're all over the place. They don't even know what the hell they're looking for anymore. Sometimes. That's part of the, definitely a big part of the problem. Yeah. Is there's companies now that actually hire consultants just to make sure they're getting accurate job descriptions out there because they don't even know what the hell they're trying to look for. Yeah. Right? They say these things, especially in tech jobs, you know, they'll, they'll, there's like tech jobs where it'll be like just a general help desk person and they're asking them to like be certified in Cisco networks, uh, security, uh, being certified like in security, uh, whether it's like security plus or like being an ethical hacker, which is ridiculous for a help desk position. That you know, probably they pays them, significantly they want, less. Yeah, right? they want server, you know, infrastructure experience. Then they want like five years at a company somewhere, and it's, it's no it's different like, than saying you have to have a master's degree for an entry level job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. A master's degree for an entry level. That's job. definitely mm-hmm. common. Yeah, it's common out there, for sure. But I think to your point though, the the stepping stone, the pecking order, sort of. Uh, jobs are definitely there the difference now is in today's world a lot of people they job hop instead of staying with a job well so that that's smart the, the everybody order was about it everybody advises that the pecking order was like a loyalty thing you know back yeah. in the day you would stay with the company for 20 30 years yeah exactly put your whole life into it and you would grow and you know but is how- it a good or a bad thing that we've gotten away from that i kind of want to ask everybody that because honestly I come from a very old school family. Like I'm, I'm, I come from an immigrant family. My, my grandfather was a steel worker, a union man. He did his, his due diligence. You know, he, he did his thing. My, my father was an engineer and stuck with the same company. He worked for two different companies for his whole career, right? One for like five and one for like 35 and still is like working for them, you know? And now they're telling you it's every five or every 10. Like you, you, gotta, you need to think of your career as either four segments of 10 or eight segments Mine's of five. Mine's every two to three. Is that what you, is that what you think? But if you're, leaving, what I see my contemporaries if you're leaving every two to three years, though, what does that do for your reference from your previous employer? Are they going to say you're not committed? Will that backfire on you? In my my position, it's I don't know. It's a little different Mm -hmm. with tech. They 
So most of the time what's happened is you move into a position, there's some stuff you gotta do, you get that stuff done, they start thinking of new stuff, you start working on the new stuff, and then you, and then you, you know you're moving on somewhere mm-hmm. else. That's very, very common for technology though. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if that's, that's good or bad, but like, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I feel like I wanna be loyal. I'm the type of person that I want to be loyal, I want them to treat me well, and I want to be there for... I think you make a really good point, but here's, I think, what you're not seeing anymore is, when you say that, you should be loyal to yourself. That's The loyalty comes in starting your own business and doing it for yourself. You do not need to be loyal to a company that literally can replace you. That yeah. you're dispensable, as Just, opposed to... You, can, you do not need to be loyal to them, because they're not loyal to you. They're looking out for their own interests. Just like you need to look out for your own interests. That just makes me feel like I'm alone in the universe. The generational (laughs) generational difference here. Or in Canada. Is that what it is? No, it's not. I want to hear from you guys that are a little younger. No, the generational difference is the companies, uh, you know, there were a lot less companies a long time ago, you know? You just say it. <laughs> you just say what you're saying. Now that we're on a podcast, she needs some more whiskey and a coke. Yeah, right. I, I, I need more whiskey. Damn, right there. And, and another, and another right. coke Professionalism's place. out the window. Okay. And you the cokes separate? Yeah. <laughs> you're not mixing? It's, it's called it. Now we've been out. <laughs> wow. for, the, for our listeners, I'm sorry for that little oh, interruption. No. But Joe listen, Logan, here's what you actually should do. If you're going to have a drink, right? And you're going to drink... What's his name? What's the Joe guy's? Rogan? No, Conor McGregor. Oh. Conor McGregor's. Uh, are you giving proper free, free advertising? We are. I, I think I am. We are. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Proper twenty two. I believe he's going to hop into the podcast now. Well, he's, <laughs> Maybe he's not. kind of men. He, he pronounces it proper. Proper. proper but if you're going to do it, do it on ice and have a chaser on the side. Don't freaking drink that stuff with any mixers. Yeah. Wow. All right, that was a free fifteen se- uh, second yeah, advertisement seriously. for that. So. The reason why I just said generational is because I feel like with millennials, there's a very romantic view on constantly traveling and moving to a different place. That's, and yeah, that's my col- my colleagues are like that. They're like, well, I want to live in this country. And in two years, I want to live in this country. And they're, they're just constantly mm-hmm. moving. Which is actually mm-hmm. incredible when you think about in today's world, we can have these, we can have younger kids, basically, traveling the world and all these different jobs. And yeah, probably happened, you know, in the 50s or 60s where people doing that as well. But it's pretty common nowadays for the younger generation to be able to be able to do that stuff, right. which again makes me realize just how different it is. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the loyalty part of things. There's, I mean, I'm under the I'm under the opinion that you need to worry about yourself and your family, and your business, your job, your company that you work for is pretty far down on the totem pole because at, at the end of the day, if your leg gets chopped off. They're going to give you a little employee's comp, and then eventually you're going to be gone. So that's the old adage, right? Do you work to live or live to work? So what, what is it? What do you guys do? Because I know I live to work, and I can't help it. My dad was a workaholic, and I'm a workaholic. I can't, I can't do any different. And maybe that's why I got into education, too, because I live to work, and I care so much about the future and, and the kids that um, – I, I can't do any different. It's work to live unless you have something that is 
impacting your life. You know, it's like yeah. really like this is what this is what's going. But I feel like that's what we tell a lot of people that are entering the work workforce. You know, older high school students or college students. You need to find that passion that will and then exactly. represent that through a job, right? Right. And that's just not the reality for a lot of people. A lot of people, which is stuck. okay. A lot of, yeah, it is okay. You know? A lot of people get stuck yeah. for sure. But there is a certain there is a certain self motivation there too. I mean, mm-hmm. I do I do believe anybody can do any anything. I really do. It takes it takes a little bit of luck for sure, a little bit of knowing the right people. But there's a lot of hard work. If you really 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 struggle, you can you can do it without any of that. Well, but, sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say because like balancing all what you said, like focusing on yourself is. I think again that's uh, something that's. A, very popular within like millennials is like focusing on your mental health because we hear about that a lot whereas yeah. with Gen X and baby boomers it wasn't about that it was about making a living uh, and worrying about money first and then your own self later as a Gen Xer I'll tell you my mom told me I grew up worrying about money always worrying about money I rejected money when I was in my teenage years and I went to like the whole punk rock fuck you I don't need money <laughs> and like lived in the shittiest places and then, but now as an adult, and when you come on the back around, I have that same type of mentality. So I think I agree with you there. That's, but I also think they shouldn't categorize for this generation. You have personal days, you have sick days. Where does mental health fall under? Because I know pussy for, days. For me, I get six personal days a year, but for the sick days to use them, you have to have some kind of medical thing. Like a, whether it's a note or something else. Well, you so, gotta have a friend. Why that's can't a therapist. I? Why can't I just say, uh, you know, was, I'm using one of my sick days for mental health. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I. But you're I, right. That's a term that gets thrown around a lot more. It's gonna be for sure, and it's very, yeah. it's very popular. Uh, like when you start talking about mental health days to me, mm-hmm. like. I think that's a joke. Like if the students are driving you fucking nuts yeah. and you just need a day to you yourself. You need a day to hit That's your, called a personal day. day. But when well, you're out of the six, day. isn't like your mental health considered medical? Why can't I use a sick day? Yeah. I need a note well, from a therapist in Because order nobody to ever that. had that day before. And well, we need it now is my point. They need to recategorize No, I mean, I honestly, you know, I think sick the whole idea of sick days in general like you have six six days or a week or 10 or 12 or whatever it is is ridiculous uh-huh. you're sick you're fucking sick like, and it could be uh, you're sick but you know like i'll be better tomorrow i'm not gonna go to the doctor and you know right. pay a hundred bucks to walk through the door that's I, I, that, that's an american thing mm-hmm. sick days is an american thing that like yes yeah. And if you have someone working at a job for a year and they're taking 36 days, you're going to know, right? You're going to know they're a fraud or whatever. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. You, you know where you know, that's, that's a really is. good point, Slim Jim. Like, if, if they... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, Slim Jim. It, it could be something that's like, okay, you, you like, after six sick days, maybe you are going to start monitor providing you. a doctor's yeah. note. Yeah. yeah. But you, don't, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to say, oh, well, after six that. sick days, you now have to just start losing money. Because like, I see a personal day is you have you want to go pick up family from an airport or you got some matter, of that yeah. going on. You just want to go fucking stand in your house naked. It <laughs> it's a personal day. You but know? a sick day doesn't... What, and, and what kind I, of personal day is you taking From oh, a teacher's perspective, I'm like, oh, or take a sick day. You need a doctor's note. I'm like, what am I, 12? Like, what is this about? Exactly. It's... I gotta tell you, here's here's the most messed up situation I ever had with the day off, and I know we're getting off track, and we're going all over the place, but you know it's fine. 
Um, I took a day off, and I said it was for my grandfather's funeral, which was accurate. My my grandfather died, and I, I took a day off work. I uh, laughed because I, I thought you were going to say it was a lie. It is accurate. accurate. Okay. No, it was <laughs> accurate. But when I got back, my boss asked me for the eulogy, uh, not the eulogy, the obituary, uh, the obituary in the newspaper to prove that I was mm-hmm. out for that reason. And that's so a whole other topic is and, bereavement. And actually, you don't have to do that. No. Yeah. You should have. You literally should have just went to HR and said, this guy's trying to ask me for personal stuff. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was this at your current job? No, 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 no. This is 2002. There was a teaching job I had, though, where the teacher had to go out of state because of a funeral. It went beyond the amount of personal days. Tried to claim bereavement because obviously somebody died, had to go there, take care of the family. And there was no such thing as bereavement, and they were docked pay on those extra days. Which, again, is ridiculous because. Mm -hmm. And I think G he, he, might know what I'm referencing. Sometimes you have to take a, take a step back. G so, does know what you're referencing. Because uh-huh. it came up at a meeting about why don't we, what's this bereavement stuff? I had docked pay trying to, you know, help my family move the items of the, you know, the, yeah, the person know, that yes. died. And it was, that takes a while. It's not just, boom, funeral, go home. Yeah, There's yeah. other things to t- attend to. Especially if you have to travel. You know, if you're Catholic, which we couple of us are you hallelujah have, you have <laughs> do you have do you have the two day viewing do you have the one day viewing four viewings three i've been to four, four. i've been to three and four i've been through like a, a friday through sunday routine or even like a thursday and then the funeral yeah visitation the wake after. yeah then you're hung over for like a whole day after the wake so or after a, the yeah. luncheon after the and funeral. that's the whole thing right <laughs> the whole thing about that is though is all that should be okay like, there's, there should not be, like, oh, that's not okay to do. You know? It's just the way I think... I think things like work. that were okay. You know? And they were kind of socially acceptable. And, and little by little, they keep crunching in and wanting people to do more for less. Well, I can tell you one way to make that easier is let people work from home. And do you think the pandemic had any effect on oh, that? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I think it's already been talked, at least at our company... And you probably don't really have to return to work if you don't need to be there. And depending on the company, you might even save them money. Exactly. They can downsize their offices. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay these leases. You know, they, they don't, don't have to I, fly them out to business trips when everyone can just be on Zoom. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize for going back to education, but no, that stuff isn't happening again in education. We're done with that. The whole it depends. Work on the type from of but I wonder it about on the type of education. I think I wonder about when I'm referring to. Like events like the AP reading where teachers come together in person to grade stuff. No, it's the collaboration. Now it's going to turn into a corporate, everyone can grade from home. We don't have to spend money on hotels, transportation, food, any of that I'm stuff. I'm telling you, man. There's, there's some things. Costs. There are definitely a lot of things that are not going to return to the way they were. They just won't. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person that thinks that this pandemic doesn't come without... Um, growth and advantages but there are certain things i i believe at least in the educational realm that we need to go back to and and one of those things is in-person education um or we need to find a better way to do online i i think i i talked about it off podcast we've talked about um virtual reality things like that moving that into the realm but the way that the united states 
reacted to the to the pandemic uh, in our wow. in our districts. Well, in general, we can talk about that, but in the in the districts for education was scattered. It was haphazard. It it took kids back at least a year and a half, at least a year and a half in their progression. Would you agree, Edsky? I have students turn um, signing in for an online class, and they forget to mute their mics, and they're ordering drive through at Burger King, <laughs> like. So uh, what's that? I, that's if there's all I'm not saying. an adult with them to make sure they're doing their shit, sure. but what are they actually? Going but to I accomplish? don't believe that that doesn't come without lessons learned. I think we learned a lot from this mm-hmm. as educators, and I think we can pull that all around. And I think, I think you know, tech speaking to you, I think there's a, a lot of growth and opportunity and oh, merge sure. between technology and education that is going to come from. Well, yeah, one thing I noticed is a lot of those older teachers that were afraid of change and afraid of technology. Had to adapt pretty yeah, quick, and maybe a positive result is when all these kids return to school, they will use technology more in their classrooms because yeah. now they're it's not as scary for them to have to deal with anymore. And they won't be given AFWs anymore. Another fucking worksheet. That's right. Mm. Worksheet, worksheet, worksheet. Yeah. Yeah. Explicit so content. Well, that's the whole thing. Of, to your point, was opportunity. There's an opportunity there, I think, with education and technology to kind of reinvent what an online classroom is. And yeah. it's more than just Zoom and Google. Yeah. It's more than just that. There's something there. There's a platform that could be made that really could make the whole process of online teaching way better. Mm-hmm. And I see with teachers, you have so many platforms to use, but it's also the same for students. Like You might have class on Teams or Zoom or Google Meet, but you're still having to go to a Canvas or a Blackboard right. to do the assignments. And, They're not merged and together. And there's going to be a company that's going to make the whole... Thing I would think around. so, where it's a, a classroom to submit work and be on camera in class at the same time. Right. Or, thing. let's just even talk about the fact that let's start having our traditional classrooms because the kids need social connections. But we st- we, now that we have the technology, we Google Meet or Zoom professionals in from... You know, we're at the... You virtual know, field trips? Yeah, virtual field trips. You know, VR field, uh, field trips to Rome uh, for history classes. The CERN... Uh, what's the CERN? Yeah, um, in Switzerland. In Switzerland for... I mean, and you can have somebody talk from one end. Those, th- those possibilities are endless now. And I think we need to really start rethinking how we're doing everything. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine as an example, right? Like, you can talk to somebody working in that field now directly and that person could be actually talking to not just your class but like 50,000 classes at the same mm-hmm. time and now you're getting this first hand experience with someone where in a traditional classroom you could do the same thing where they're all sitting in the room there's a projector with you know that guy talking but you could do it in a way that you right. know they can do it at home and I actually but, had experience with this this year I during one of our more lax classes, I'll say. I had a friend come in from a foreign country that I met, and he actually was able to interact with the students. It wasn't just some video of some foreigner talking about their reality. Or a TED Talk. Yeah, it wasn't a TED Talk. It was them interacting together, right? And I thought, I mean, that was... Kids still talk to me about that, and it was months ago. The problem I see when you mention all these, like, virtual reality, this and that, budgets. Because Mm -hmm. what I've noticed is now... 
school districts are so short funded because they've had to provide students with laptops that they've neglected like does that projector in that classroom work does sure. that work so i, I and think so i think there needs to be some kind of streamline but also maybe a better and it exists already but more partnerships with some of those tech companies whether it be grants or this or that to provide the funding for this. so I, I i tend to think that that a lot of that is um we that a lot of that stuff should have been planned and budgeted four years ago and absolutely they should have, right right they didn't do it because they didn't have to then they uh-huh. had to and now they're down and you know i mean that's just the reality with a lot of a lot of companies and jobs you know they do that so and then in some situations you have uh ebooks being more expensive than just normal textbooks yeah. and then you switch to online and guess what now you got to buy the ebooks as well so they're having to double up in some situations yeah there needs to be some equity when it comes to that because that's the thing. If everybody's anticipating we're going a certain way and then overcharging for it, then people are going to refuse to to move that way. All that stuff has yeah. to start getting looked at. I mean, it really like maybe a renting sort of thing, maybe a subscription. You like sign up for the school for the year and you get access to all these books yeah. based on your you know whatever classes you signed up for, something like that. You know, think of it like Netflix for school type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, or you, a library. Yeah. So so here's a good example of that. So the New York Times, right? You can get the subscription for it, right? Online for so much. They always, like, anytime you're reading a Facebook article and it's a New York Times article, they're like, oh, you can only read three. But then if you pay for the money, you know, you can do whatever you want. Or you can go to Starbucks, and at the end of the day, when they just throw that crap away, right. you know, you're getting a free, right. mm-hmm. free copy of the New York Times. So, right. you know... If you're in a crunch, what are you going to do? You know, so they need to make a decision. Like, they need to make things online more. They, I know they need to make money off of things. Mm-hmm. I know they do. And that's why I know the whole pandemic started it, you, when it was only supposed to be a few months. My school district advertised partnerships with internet providers. They're going to provide it for free or a discount. Right. Once it became a more extended period of time... Oh, shoot, we go from helping people to now we're losing money. And I wonder how some of my students can even afford internet connection at home. Yeah. So that I'm, I'm going to leave that. That's going to be our last conversation of the night. Internet connections. Is it a public utility? And this is a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Is it a public utility? Or is mm-hmm. it something that we should still be like paying? I, I don't know what my Comcast bill is, but I think it's, it's freaking like... $150 for my system. Just for internet? Just for internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, then the way they do it now is like, remember how uh, cable back in the day was the yeah. biggest cost? Yeah. And you're like, don't get cable internet because they charge like $110. That is so cheap now. You can yeah. get, you know, cable is nothing, right? Yeah. Phone is nothing. Do you want a home phone? Nobody wants a home phone. Yeah. You'll give uh, it to you for ten dollars. My know? parents' old lime green landline phone or something. Right, right. Yeah. But if you want internet, just internet, high speed. Well, they know. Yeah, they know. They know it's they, what people I mean, want. Demand. They have the data. They have the data. And and there's plenty of things out there. You know, like uh, I think uh, one of those comedians, not 
you know, uh, Trevor Noah, but one of the other ones, I, I can't remember who they are. They did a special on Chattanooga, Tennessee, making it a utility. And then all of a sudden Comcast and AT&T and Verizon jump in and they're like, you can't do this shit. Like, we have of course control. Not. It's just like when the, the automobile uh, manufacturers got pissed off when they started mandating seatbelts in there. They actually fought the seatbelt. Right. They Is said, that Ralph Nader's book, 70s? I think so, yeah. Safe at any speed or something. I think that was the name of the book. And uh, we laugh at that now. Like It's ridiculous to think Mm. that cars don't come with seatbelts, but they used to not. You wear a seatbelt? Yeah, of course. Every time. I always think about how people... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's a 1970s. Or people used to smoke on airplanes. Yeah. That's crazy if you think about it now. I remember those days. I'm, again, old. (laughs) I I don't remember actually smoking, but I do remember seeing ashtrays. Yeah, the the armrests. Yeah. Yeah. So, should internet, high-speed internet, be a public utility at this point? Of course. I mean, obviously, the tech's going to be like, But you've got some countries, too. You pay for the internet, but then you have to pay for access to certain websites. That takes... That's the country. Federal, yeah. That takes communism to a whole new level. I'm just speaking generally for everywhere in the world. Private versus public. It should... Everybody should have access to the internet. Well, the conservative dad in me will say, no, I don't want the government touching the internet. They already touched the internet. You don't think they do? You don't think they I know they touched it, but they're not groping it. They're so tapped into the internet service providers, they can subpoena them in a hot second. You brought back some Catholic school memories there. (laughs) Yeah. Too soon. Slim Jim? No opinion. Out of my league. Really? Also, honestly, out of my league, too. Really. Mm. Edsky? I'll just continue teaching those motherfuckers on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, have a happy Friday night, and we'll see you uh, next Friday when we'll bring some other topics up. Who the hell knows what's happening? Oh, Canada. We We see you. Thank you, Canada. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you first. I like Wayne Gretzky. With all the Canadian talk, I just want to say we love the Canadian audience, but we are in the United States. In the Big FL! The Big FL. All right. Have a great (laughs) Friday, everybody. Bye. Hello, everybody. I'm here. It's G with Edsky. Hello. And we're here with our wives. Hi. Because it must be Easter. Because it's Easter. It's Easter. And this is a a special back patio podcast. I don't know why we're doing this, but we're doing this. Because he has risen. (laughs) That's that's all Edsky wanted to say. He wanted to come on and just I say. I think this episode should be entitled "He Has Risen." Who has risen? Jesus. Okay, very good. So, uh, what's the topic of the Easter Sunday? We were talking about many different things here. Um, food is delicious. He has risen. Do you want to talk about religion? Is that what you want to talk about here on the Easter no, Sunday? Good. No? <laughs> I believe in the separation of church and state. I'm good. Mm, interesting. Okay. Do the ladies have anything to add? No, that's what we asked before. Like, what you well, want to talk I about Well, I am with thinking about people in industries that may have to work on Easter Sunday. Well, they should, because Easter isn't a real holiday. It's a Christian <laughs> holiday. Yeah, I'm so. thinking of well, like retail, hospitality. Hospitality. Every holiday, um, hospitality is open 24-7. So people work. Doesn't matter who rose. Doesn't they have matter. To be at work. Nope. By the way, it doesn't matter who listeners, is born, this is Mrs. Else. Edsky for you. Mrs. Edsky, yes. 
Yeah. And hospitality, specifically um, hotel hospitality. Uh, we are open 24-7, so we were at everybody's needs any time of the day, any holiday, whether it's real or not. Well, I will say I was surprised today just going down the main street. All pharmacy, CVS, Walgreens, fast food places, retail places open on Easter. Well, yeah. What did you think was going to happen? So, like, as honestly, they're making ten dollars an hour. Yeah. No, okay. they raised their no, they raised oh, sorry, their hourly rates. They are now uh, most of them are at fifteen an hour now. Minimum wage is fifteen an hour. Well, yeah. that's well, it was I know, voted I know into Florida Tarjay law. Pays fifteen. No, targets. most of your fast foods have risen up to fifteen an hour because they've now, risen. There you go. Jesus. Because, he has risen. Yes. So most industries have raise their their starting wages to 15 an hour at the very least because it, well in the state of florida they have no, no, no. the big fl on this podcast okay the and the big FL. fl there we go they have put into law that we have to start raising the rates of minimum wage to 15 an hour so starting in september of this year it has to go to 10 and then it gave us like so many years that's by florida to raise state up statute 15. yes that's what Is that DeSantis or was that the former goon? No, that's DeSantis. Okay. That was in the last election in November, what people voted for. Okay. Oh, so, so, most of your, not, so it's not DeSantis. That was a, it was a referendum. Yeah, referendum. referendum. Yes. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, DeSantis, the next that, president of the United States of but America. That, does that mean that DeSantis, though, because referendums are one thing, and many states, the governor overturns referendums. Does that mean that it's still going to happen? Yes, because it is still the governor by law. We have to raise anybody who is not minimum wage starting September thirtieth in the state of Florida will be in the state of FL. Excuse me, the, the big FL. Big right. FL. That's so obnoxious. To straighten some but. stuff up here, um, in the state of Florida, a referendum, a ballot initiative goes into play when you get 500,000 signatures. And if you get 60% on that initiative, it's law. The governor can't But here's my it. question. The governor, though. stop, wait, hold on. You're oh, always jumping in. The last two podcasts, you're being an asshole. Well, so that's how I am. His whole life. I'm Dr. Edsky asshole. No, there was no doctor. You're just Edsky. <laughs> uh, so so when, you get, when you get 60%, the it's the governor's job as the executive branch to execute that initiative and they can see to do it in different ways, just like the medical marijuana uh, initiative of 2000. Here's my question for you. What about the uh, restoring voting rights to ex-felons? That passed, and the governor in the Florida rejected No, no, no. It. The governor took it to court to challenge how that initiative would be executed. So they can plan out how, once it passes, how it turns like a there, new procedure. Then. There are a number of felons, ex-felons, that get to vote in Florida because of that ballot initiative and that referendum that came across unfortunately because of the the way that that was interpreted by the executive branch there are a certain number of ex-felons that still can't vote and they're fighting that in court as well so, so it's it's the process of once it passes getting the details in that though. well exactly. didn't they say that if you okay you can do that but then if you have any outstanding debt or anything like you have to pay that all that if you still owe that like was, more fees and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And gee, yeah. why yeah. don't you introduce the other speaker? I don't know. It's somebody just kind of hanging out on my back porch. 
Wow. And our next podcast will be a divorce court. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Mrs. G. Miss G. Queen G. G. Queen G. G. Boss Lady G. man. (laughs) I like that. This podcast is not getting published. No, you guys do. You get off topic. This is is by our sponsor. We always get off topic. This is advertised by our sponsor, Feminism. That's not going to pay us. Oh, Jesus. But. We had great, we've had great, like, sponsors pop up. We haven't got paid for any of them. We had, uh, with a proper 12 whiskey. We had yeah. Anchor. We had, what else did we have? The Brady Bunch with you claiming That's seven. another thing. <laughs> we had Anchor, but yet still, no no official, you know. That's all right. I'm a teacher. I'm not used to making money. Teachers, do teachers make $15 an hour? Yes, well, when, more I so. mean, but if you, like, Numbers really calculate, work? yeah, your hours of work, I, you guys... Oh, compared to weekends? Yeah, you guys don't, you don't. My, but with, we were in a school of, day hourly wage is about 24 an hour. Yeah. For, but that doesn't account for weekends and exactly. breaks. Exactly. So or taking a day down. off to catch up on schoolwork, that's always a fun one. Yeah. Mm. So, you so guys he is not risen. He is not risen. He is depressed. Mm. So you're calling yourself Jesus? No, I'm calling myself depressed. Okay. So what were you guys asking? You were talking about, like, all of the CVSs, the fast food open, all those kinds of things, right? Yeah. Where were you going with the holidays. That? Yeah. Just saying that the there's a big population or percentage of the population that have to work all these holidays that the majority get off and, like, see it as, like, their right to get off. And there's a lot of people that are forced to work. And if they don't work, if they call off, they lose certain things from their job like and you know a lot yeah. of these or it might people, just be a no call no show that and a lot of a lot of these a lot of these people no though show. they don't yeah. even get holiday pay yeah yeah because you know a lot of businesses like hotels you're open 24 7 so a lot of the owners of the hotels say well we're a 24 7 business so what does it matter if it's a holiday or not you're expected to work so show up for your shift so that's I mean, me personally, I don't think that's right because we're taking time away from their family. And, like, why do you have to decide between taking care of your family and the means of going to work and making money? You know, you got to decide. Am I, is my family more important or is my job more important? No, I actually did. A side note, I did work for a hotel back when I graduated college. I worked for a hotel. Um, Ed Ski learned something. That was actually, it was like, that. you know, independently run. It was, it was like a big chain, but it was a franchise. And they did close over the holidays. They closed over, like, the major holidays. Like, they were Catholics, so the major, like, Christmas and New Year's. Like, they closed over, so the business. Even their rooms? Yeah. Their hotel they, rooms? They, they, yeah, Shut so down they would operations, not, right? Nobody showed up. Yeah, it was, so they did close down, and they, they would close early. Jesus you know, like. I on think Christmas Eve, they're closed Christmas Day, and they open back up. So, and they're and they and they if they had people in the rooms, they would just let them know like we won't be here, you know. So they would try not. That to sounds like they just left people in the hotels. Yeah, that's you know, the they Chick-fil-A might have had like a like a skeleton thing Maybe like on call, the but podcast, they were closed. Like it was hotels. like that'd be kind of scary. So I don't know. I honestly can't remember. It's been like twenty years. Like if they had people in the rooms or not, I can't remember. But I know. We were closed for those holidays. 
So I think traditionally, and I'm not I'm not too sure, but from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, when you worked a hotel job or a restaurant job, you got paid double or triple time to work those types of shifts. And mostly everything was closed. Mm-hmm. And that's or like time and a half yeah. or something. Yeah, and not only did you have the bank holidays, but you had, um, I mean, traditionally everybody just had bank holidays, right? They didn't have anything more. They didn't yeah. have anything. Yeah. But their bank holidays were expanded. Banks have actually consolidated their holidays over the last mm-hmm. 20 years. So holidays again, are it just, few it just and far depends, between. Yeah, it just depends on the, the ownership of the different companies. Like, works for somebody like me, they don't pay holiday pay. Whereas the previous management company I was with, they did. And, like, for salary managers, we'd get, if you worked the holiday, you got an extra day off and vice versa. So... It just it just depends on who the ownership is, right? But then yeah. the other thing too is like when you see like the CVSs or whatever store open, people are running there like because they forgot like me, I forgot mustard, so I'm like ah, and then people are being so nasty to these people, and it's like well you know I always you buy get to have the day off, but you can't. A lot no, of tickets. I, I buy them every time I go over to Sunoco. And it's Christmas or it's Easter, or it's whatever. I always buy lotto tickets for the people and then just give it to them. And I'm like, they probably don't win. <laughs> but you know, it's try. It's a, no, it's, it's the a it's a gesture it's that you did. Like, so thanks. one thing, like my company that I work for, I work for a rental car company. Enterprise. Not enterprise. <laughs> um, and we are open like the holidays. Um, not my I love my local branch that we're closed. You know, on the weekends, um, but a lot of them are like at airports or some location. The location I was at for eight years, we were open seven days a week. You know, so even though it was a local location, we we're open. But we had they called them floating holidays, like you're saying. So you get they build it into like your time off. So they say, okay, we work. There's these many holidays that like all the maybe the back office administration people get off, and they make the people that actually work and rent the cars. Um, so you just get that as part of your, like, you get your vacation days and then you get your floating holidays. So, so at least you get, like you said, you still get the time off and you can use it, you know, when you want. So then you can kind of incorporate that into like a longer vacation. So if you wanted to, you know, I wish that was the case. Well, even my company I work for now, I don't, I'm not offered. Not Hampton Not Hampton Inn. No, I don't work for Hampton Inn. But I'm not even offered by the management company I work for, PTO, sick days, none of that. So, and even for, you know, like my team who works an hourly wage, if they want to take a couple days off, like to be with their family or whatever else, or if they're sick or they don't get paid for it, they have no option to get paid for that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, too bad, so sad. Yeah, but that's the case for most jobs when it comes to... That I remember working for a restaurant company. I managed restaurants with my wife, Queen G. I guess we're going with, for the love of God. Um, Queen, boss lady. That's Matt my Mrs. name. No, that's my name. That's yeah. boss lady. Some jealous wives here. Yeah, yeah, this is not a good podcast. <laughs> uh, but I remember giving paychecks out on a Monday, weekly paychecks. And I looked at their paychecks and I was like, 
how are you affording to live on this? And this isn't like waitresses. This was cooks, you know? They worked 40 hours. They got dinged for... So like, like a full-time job, right? Yeah. They got dinged for, uh, you know, child support. So, of course, that's right. They pay it. <laughs> In the cook business. <laughs> Taxes. Everything else. And, you know, when they get when they got their $150 paycheck for the week, I'm like, what are you going to do with $150 fucking dollars? <laughs> Like, good luck. Like, what, That's what, true. What, and a what, reminder, this is an explicit podcast. Got it. Got it. Got it. For the wives to know. Yeah. Our wives have a mouse of trucker-esque <laughs> mentality. <laughs> this is Ed Ski. I call ghetto Ed Ski once in a while. I don't think that's... I don't think we should put that on there. I hope our Canadian listener is hearing that. <laughs> and my wife's a sailor. <laughs> Well, that's a little better, I would say, than what I get. No offense <laughs> no, to anybody in the Navy. <laughs> or anything so. else. So, anyways, yeah. No, it, it is, it's tough. And then, you know, you see, like, a lot of my team, they're like, they'll have to call out and they'll be like, I don't have a babysitter. Well, I don't want you to have to choose between feeding your kids and not feeding your kids. I run a hotel. But then how can they afford a babysitter? Bring your kids to the hotel then. That's my biggest rule well, I have with them. Every job will allow nope, that. Nope, nope. But bring your kid to work day every day. I have day. to. I have to. Like I, I run a hotel. I have empty but hotel not rooms the all the time. Well, some of us go to work to get away from our kids, so that's a that's a thing too. Well, well a I lot of people work to take care of their she kids. She has something else to bring home. <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> no, it's a serious concern with a bunch of bunch of people. One of my waitresses had six kids, and I was like. Don't know how you're doing that. Thank God one of them's a teenager and can babysit the other five. Making 150 bucks a week, right? She well, actually made waitress, more. So yeah, she, so, yeah, tips. She got a lot of tips. But still, so she, her paycheck was like, sure, $80 for the week. But, you what know, when you tips? count her tables up. Yeah, sometimes, like, especially on like a Sunday morning, we work in a big family Sunday mornings were like a big day, and you could walk away there. But yeah, well over 100, 115 tips. Yeah, service, service can. It's a one day, so yeah, like you Might said. Might be yeah. more than the cook, but still more not a whole cook. lot of money. Not for the one no. day. It's and I think it. Shift, like six, sometimes they work six hour shifts, they don't work. Yeah. Full, you know. Yeah, they don't work eight. full eight. Yeah. That's what I miss. I will say that. I miss like waitressing or bartending. Because you just walk out with so much cash. That's how we paid for our wedding. It was all mm-hmm. in cash. Was yeah. from me serving and bartending. No, I did not. <laughs> but all that, that cash that came out. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. So we're sitting here and it's Easter. Is there anything else you want to say about uh, being risen? I don't think uh, Edsky is the one that wanted to get on here. He's like, we need to do this podcast. We need more content. So provide more content, women. Well, I mean, I've been talking a lot. I've been expressing my concerns. You brought the hospitality. So I needed to say. We've been talking. I feel like I mean, it's either me and Lisa talk or you guys talk. It's not uh, me. I believe that's Mrs. Edsky. Yes. Oh, shoot. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can say it. Ah, oh, shit. That means that she has to go back and edit the podcast. <laughs> and I'm probably going to edit the whole five minutes out, so we should probably reboot. So, 
Okay. Right, good. Okay, we're going to probably end this Easter podcast. We just wanted to pop in and wish you all a happy Easter and have a little bit of a discussion about... Uh, but he is risen, meaning G has to edit this afterwards. Is that what he is risen means? You have to rise. He's defended like every Christian that. in the world. I think oh, so. So I'll that. just cheers to you guys. Happy right. Easter. To good friendship. Mrs. Edsky. Cheers. Mrs. Happy uh, Easter. I don't think Queen you do cheers G. on Easter. You're like, yeah, the yeah. crucifixion, it went well. Yeah. Zero's I saw the that Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. Don't there was no shots, so it's okay. By the way, that was a fantastic movie. It was. <laughs> it was great. It made me really feel for Jesus. It finally took you that many years to feel <laughs> for Jesus' flight, being raised Catholic, you nothing until it was Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson just hit. Is it? Is he it hard? How, how much are you going to feel when you see a plastic dude up on a cross with like fake blood hanging off and you're sitting there praying and you're like, that's fake as shit. But when you, you saw see, it on film, have the when you saw the, the cross, you see. I saw the station of the cross. It was okay. on, it was on stained glass. Stained glass? Or, exactly. You know? But and you can't feel. But those you can't imagine. Glass ones, those are kind of creepy. You can't imagine what he went through. No. Now, when you see him in the Mel Gibson movie with the scourging, that's right. <laughs> that's what I'm skin. saying. I, w- I remember I was in Catholic high school. Now we had to go see that movie, and I'm still traumatized. <laughs> with that skin just peeling off oh, with the clappers on the scourging device. Jesus, literally, literally, literally. Jesus. Yeah. That's Think about this, listeners, especially the one in Canada. <laughs> that dude has got more here. airplay than anybody else. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a vivid imagination when I'm looking like at pla- I don't look at G.I. Joe's and I go, Jesus, war is bad. Amputations, <laughs> you know? like, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that dude has an eye patch okay. on. So what you- the hell happened? Oh, yeah. I lost the fucking eye. Oh. Yeah. But I watch like Saving Private Ryan. I'm like, oh, that's the intestines fucking real. are in the front. You know. So when I watched Passion of the Christ, I was like, Jesus, <laughs> literally Jesus. Can it? You know, it's all right, wife. Maybe, maybe we don't. This is the, the worst Easter podcast. This is ever. the best Easter podcast <laughs> yeah. that has I ever think happened. This is what people needed. <laughs> Scorching. <laughs> Okay, well, it's here, G and Edsky. Hey, big FL. <laughs> With <laughs> Miss Edsky. Sound like bad effort. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and uh, Queen, Queen G. G. That's oh, such a Queen bullshit G. name. <laughs> yeah. Remember to claim seven on your taxes and get seven degrees before you have a kid. All right, love you all. Do they even remember?